Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. With American society continuing to pass away, what has been the response from the Christian church? And is it enough? Hello and welcome to another episode of Counterthought. I have returned from my two-week break. I realized I did not really talk about that too much during the break or give you a heads up, so my apologies for that, but I am glad to be back. I had work ramp up and got a little bit busy. I had to travel for work and then some family birthdays and, and everything, so I also kind of think I needed a little bit of a mental break. I wasn't really necessarily experiencing any fatigue at the time, but you know, it was it was nice, I guess, to to reset, to recalibrate and be back here with another episode. And then on Instagram nightly during the weeknights, I'm going to start back up my Counterthought Rundown. So if you have not checked that out, follow me on Instagram at Counterthought CEO at Counter underscore Thought. And you can catch nightly uh, discussions regarding today's trending news topics. So I am happy to say that this is another episode that will feature a guest. The guest that I have for this episode is Anna, she is the host of the Wake Up Conservative. She is another member of Gen Z that is just doing phenomenal work, not only for the conservative movement on a political perspective, but also what's unique about her podcast is she is tying politics and society, today's world, back to the Bible and offering biblical perspectives throughout her podcast episode to episode. But I'll bring Anna on in a minute. First, though, I want to just talk about the state of our American society. So if you are a Christian or if you're paying close enough attention, it is no secret that American society today is moving further and further away from God and from Jesus Christ, from what is practiced and what is spoken about in his written word. There is no, you know, no surprise that sin is in this world. Sin has been in this world since you know, going back to the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. But what is considered acceptable and what is becoming more and more common practice in today's American society is moving farther and farther away from God. And the Christian church, especially with the overturning of Roe v. Wade this summer, there was a lot of chatter going around on the interwebs, as they say, about judging basically how your church responded to the announcement coming from the Supreme Court, the decision coming from the Supreme Court, that Roe v. Wade was overturned. There was a, a measure, a scale of, okay, did your church say anything? Did your church give it like a little golf clap, you know, on the, on the pro tour? Did they give it a senior tour golf clap a little bit louder? Did they stand from the pulpit and jump up and down and scream and rejoice that, hey, this is a victory for life. This is a victory for humankind. This is a victory for the sin that is abortion and the killing of unborn children? Or did they sit down and stay silent? There was a lot of this conversation going on. Again, a lot of chattering back and forth, trying to gauge, I guess, the involvement of your church when it comes to fighting 
the cultural battles in, in American society today. Now, this is episode 66 of Counterthought Podcast. So going all the way back to episode one and every episode in between, I have chosen certain topics to discuss and talked about, you know, where Christianity plays a role. I've talked about the nuclear family. I've talked about just society as a whole, how we need to be, Christianity needs to be a, a welcome mat, welcoming more people into the Christian faith and, you know, cutting back on, on the judgment and the chastising and things like that. So with this episode, I want to make a more, I want to discuss with Anna a focused discussion about the church's response, you know, not just one denomination, but the collective church, the Christian church, it's its response to today's societal issues that are taking place in America. So without further ado, I want to bring Anna on again. Anna is the host of the Wake Up Conservative podcast. I was, had the privilege of being one of her guests about a month or so ago. We had a phenomenal discussion then, and I expect we are going to have a phenomenal discussion now. So Anna, thank you for joining me, and please take a quick moment to introduce yourself and tell everyone about you and what your podcast is about. Hi, thank you, Brian, for having me on. Um, it's a pleasure and an honor to get to speak to you today and um, for your listeners as well. I am Anna Morris. I am located in Texas, the great state of Texas. Um, and I started a podcast around 2020 to 2021 um, because of the pandemic. I think a lot of people started to rise up and just felt a need and a call to speak up about not only what was happening in culture, but what was happening in their churches as well. So I think that was my biggest motivation was that um, it was a God thing for sure. He pressed me to start a podcast and I hope that reflects in each and every episode, but um, you can listen to the podcast on Google podcast, Apple podcast. Uh, you can look up the wake up conservative podcast and it will probably pop up because it's a unique name, but um, other than that, yeah, it's pretty much my story. Yeah, I listened to you on Spotify. Um, <laughs> as I told you, <laughs> we were off camera, I was catching up on some of your more recent episodes. You can also catch Anna and her podcast yes. on Spotify as well. Um, and you and I, we have a little bit of overlap in our podcasts. Um, my podcast, my little tagline is conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. And I think that's where our our overlap, most of our overlap is, is regarding culture slash society and in the values here in America. But the main reason why I wanted to have you on as a guest for this episode is because of your, the way you dive into and tie everything into like a, a biblical point of view and tie it back to the Bible, God's word, God's truth. Mm -hmm. So this, so this episode, you know, we're, we're talking about what what is the church's role and is it doing enough in speaking out against what is going on in America's culture and America's society? You know, mm -hmm. specifically in my mind, I'm thinking about, you know, like transgenderism, gender affirming care, abortion, the destruction of the nuclear family, you know, and there's like a whole long list, but I would say those are like my top, my top four. So just first off, Anna, if you could just speak to, how do you think America reached this point? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And I'm honestly excited to dive into each and every topic you brought up as abortion and also gender affirming care. Um, it's not just happening with adults or college age students because they technically are adults. But in my mind, I think that our society has um, written the ways of which someone comes out of the house, right, um, at 18. I think that's a little too young, but that's just my opinion. Um, but to tie back to the question you asked, I think it's interesting to look at the history of America and really what the founding fathers say about where and what America was based off of. And I want to quote something the Supreme Court said in 1892. It said, this is a Christian nation. They put it in writing. And I think that that's such a standard that we really, we say that, right? We say a nation under God in our Pledge of Allegiance, or mm -hmm. um, we and I don't think this happens in public school anymore, but when I was um, in elementary, we would pray, right? We would pray before we started the day, but things of course have changed now. Um, but I wanted to read a few of our founding fathers, what they said about God and what they said about Christian values. So John Quincy Adams stated that the highest glory of the American revolution was this. It connected one bond of principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity. Um, and I think that's a really good tie to not only is it a way that we can be connected, like he said, mm -hmm. a bond. I think back to we just celebrated um, or we just remembered, sorry, we just remembered 9-11. Um, and I just think of how people were so connected after that. I hear so many stories from family members that they were like, we have never experienced a revival like that where someone came in and they um, tore down everything that we knew to be true, right? Um, a terrorist mm -hmm. attack. And so many people died from that. But then also we just see God's sovereignty and God's evidence in that where people came together and they finally figured out like, hey, God still exists. He's still not just a being in the sky that um, just kind of hovers over. He actually has a plan for our lives. So I think that's just interesting. Also, really quickly, Patrick Henry said that it is when people forget God that tyrants forge their change. And I think that's really interesting. Like we're talking about, I know we're connecting the church to this, but then also mm -hmm. um, it, it's talking about our governmental system. Well, I think it's interesting that we are really focused on the queen passing and we're forgetting the fact that they're monarchist like we have to stay true to our governmental system um and just remember that like yes we're a democracy and at the same time that's the reason why we're free we're free mm -hmm. because people decided um to come over and fight for their beliefs not just beliefs in here and there it was a belief in god so yeah, um, and there's been a whole lot going on with the queen at the time of this recording. She, her casket's mm -hmm. being put into the ground and everything, I believe today. So, but yeah, the, you know, America founded by those who left the United Kingdom, left the rule of the British Empire to get away from from the monarchy and, you know, came over here and started <clears throat> a new country. And 
I just think about, and those are fantastic quotes. I had not heard any of those quotes. One of my gaps in my knowledge is, is history. Um, so that's one of the things I'm trying to learn here as I go along my merry way with, with the podcast, especially with the founding fathers and finding the roots of our country. But leading into that first question, I even used terminology that the progressive and the radical lefts and that have then the, and the, uh, the wording and everything that has seeped into our culture. Like we say, gender affirming care, that's a light way of saying like sex changes and surgeries that are trying to change a male from a female and a female to a male. I mentioned, um, transgenderism. That's pretty spot on beginning. That's like sex change or trying to, you know, act, trying to be who you are not. And I know in one of your earlier episodes, I think it was maybe episode three, there's a little bit of a discussion about, you know, God created man and, and from man, he created woman. And I forget the name of your guest at the time, but you know, it was like period end of story. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that's part of, part of where we are as a society is that we, the American people are most of, I think I can say that pretty positively are too accepting of the terminology that is being used today. And in my opinion, a lot of the terminology that is being used today is just a way to soften the blow of the actual truth of what's happening. You know, one of the things, one of the ways in which it's said that like for, for watching like a TV program or something that maybe PG 13 or R or MA, whatever, you know, the TV ratings are and stuff nowadays. But one of the ways in which they get someone who may be opposed to the content that is actually in that program, that they get people to watch it and maybe be more accepting of it is through comedy. Like comedy softens the blow. Like if you are against premarital sex, but it's part of a comedy, you know, show that you like, and you know, you're just kind of accepting of it. Maybe, you know, you might not push back as much like, Oh, this is, you know, this program includes something that I don't really agree with. So I'm not going to watch it. It might be like, Oh, well, you know, but, but it's funny, you know, seeing that on TV, hearing that on TV, that doesn't affect me. It's just comedy. I can separate the two and I'm not letting the world culture, you know, being of, of the world, like you've talked talked about and I'll get that get to that here in a second but you know I'm not becoming of the world I'm just watching something it's it's mm-hmm. funny it entertains me but going back to the Christian church because I'll get to that other stuff a little further on in our interview going back to the Christian church the the church as a whole not not signaling signaling out any kind of denomination or anything like that but Christianity as a whole why should Christians, why should the church include themselves and fight this culture battle that is going on? I think there is a range of churches. Like you said, we're not excluding any denomination. I Mm -hmm. have multiple family members who go to different types of churches. I know some who go to Methodist. I know um, some of my family's Catholic. So, I mean, we have um, a range of churches that I have seen. And then also just people around you. I think being aware that the church you go to isn't the church that a lot of other people are going to go to. Um, And just kind of, again, like you said, being aware of the history of the church and um, also the history of denominations. I think it's interesting and fascinating to go into that study. Um, If you want to listen to one of my episodes on it, I did one with a really good guest. But um, I think that 
I, I like to separate it into different categories. So we have okay. churches nowadays that you hear in the news, right, that are just radical. Like I would put them in the box of non-biblical, right? Because mm-hmm. things that you see um, and even pastors who identify as homosexual or um, pastors who even I'll go as to say a woman, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And this goes denomination to denomination, right? But I think that when you go into the inerrant word of God, there's verses that you can't ignore. Like there are verses that point to things like being homosexual. And it's not that being homosexual and being in the church is like under any circumstances wrong. Like the reason why you are in church is to be aware of that sin, right? Because churches are, I like to say hospitals for sinners. Um, and God's there as our healer because in the Bible, he's called the great healer. So I think mm-hmm. that um, there's that, there, there's that category. And then there's the category where I like to put some churches and I would even say, um, the church I go to half the time is that church and it's a moderate church. And you might be sitting here listening and being like, Oh, what do you mean by moderate? Um, What makes it that category? Well, what makes it that category is that you are either totally unaware of what's happening in the world, totally unaware of how it links back to the Bible. Mm -hmm. And this probably is half the fault of your pastor where he is uninformed and ill-informed. And it doesn't necessarily have to go to the lines of, I'm going to do a news update every single time I preach. No, it's really diving into how it connects because the Bible is always going to be used and being able to use for teaching, right? We see that in Corinthians. Um, And so I think that's what makes moderate churches is that either the pastor is not doing what God has told him to do where it's preached strictly from the Bible. Um, And then also it doesn't help congregation, right? Where they have no idea what the Bible says. They can't go out into culture. Like we're talking about today. They can't go out into culture and say um, what the word tells them because they don't know. So I think that's the category of moderate churches. Mm -hmm. And then one last category is churches that are doing a fabulous job. Um, the other church that I go to that I decided to switch over to, um, I just, I like, I think we hear a lot in the news and we hear a lot from other churches, um, talking about other churches is that they're doing a bad job. Like there's some type of competition going on. Right. And, I I just, I want to give light to those pastors who have risen above and beyond, especially from COVID um, and decided, no, I'm like my job as a pastor, what God has called me to is to read what the word says and not add anything to it or take anything from it. And so I think I just, I want to give like gratitude to those pastors Mm -hmm. because that takes a lot of work. I think a lot of toes get stepped on and from my opinion that's okay um but Mm -hmm. it it is a hard job for those pastors um but those are my categories yeah and that that goes perfectly into my next question which is of those three categories you know we talked talked about radical moderate and those who are doing a fabulous job and then there at the end you talked about how people 
you know, pastors or, you know, leaders, um, elders in some instances of a church, maybe they don't want to step on, on the toes of their congregation and, and, you know, maybe other, other churches that they're affiliated with, whatever the reason. But do you think that's one of the reasons why certain churches stay quiet? Do you think the, the leadership of these churches, the, the lead pastor of the church, the elders that they are, they're allowing themselves to be influenced by the potential of hurting someone's feelings or hurting the feelings of their congregation. And that's why they're not, they're not diving in. Some churches aren't diving into attacking the cultural wars that are going on. Cause I mean, we're talking about, you know, very significant and, you know, very significant uh, battles that are happening here right now in our country. And I mean, I'm not even going, I'm not even expanding into, into the world, but just here in America, do you think pastors, leadership of churches that they are, they're timid and they're trying to be, for lack of a better term, I guess, too nice, too kind, and they don't want to, you know, shine the light into the darkness and upset members of their congregation? What do you think is causing those churches, certain churches to be quiet? I, I'm really glad you asked this question. And I want to tell a personal story of what happened to our church. Mm-hmm. So my pastor, he um, is. This is the CIA. the previous church or your current church, the moderate church my, or the my, church doing a great job. Um, the moderate church. Okay. Um, and I think that it's hard to really rate a church, even though we said those categories. It's really hard because every sermon is going to be different, mm-hmm. and there's going to be times where you have to go up to your pastor. That's your responsibility as the congregation and do it in love and in justice um, where you have to point out you, and it, it's those things that you have to categorize where they're not the small things. They're not the, like the words were wrong on the screen or they didn't sing a song you liked in worship. Mm-hmm. It's not those kind of things. Those things are something that you can say in your head and then they stay there. <laughs> um, but I think that, when it comes to the big things like theology with churches, it's mm-hmm. a good idea. And even it's biblical to go up to your pastor and tell him, Hey, um, I was following your sermon. I wrote down all the notes and here, I still think that as I was reading the same scripture passage as you were, we took the wrong and we exegeted it wrong. And maybe that pastor might respond of, yeah, I did it wrong and let's go back through it. Or the pastor might be like, not open to suggestion like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where you go to the elders and you follow the biblical um, path of dealing with that. But this usually doesn't really happen. Usually pastors are pretty, like we said, moderate. And I want to get back to the question that we're talking about of, are they particular? like yeah why are they why are they quiet yep Mm -hmm. right why are they quiet and is it on purpose and what happened is our pastor preached a sermon and it was going with the text he was making an analogy back to in this case it was politics and he talked about kamala harris and he phrased it as she was jezebel and i think personally If we look at Jezebel in the Bible, she was someone who schemed up plans. Um, She was not a person of God. She was not a ruler of God. And the ways in which she 
made decisions was not biblical. And so it was, it was an accurate analysis. And somehow there was another pastor in our congregation and he was taking notes on it, which is totally fine. Um, and Mm -hmm. he decided to write an article on it, which made, um, our news. And it was just interesting to see how, um, the pastor reacted to that. I think that this happens way too often, especially after, um, 2020 when churches shut down. I don't know if you remember, but, um, John MacArthur in California, he was trying to do Sunday sermons and he did everything in his power that he could. He did outside sermons where they were in their cars and he was preaching to them. He was willing to do the work of God and get the word out to people, even in times of need like COVID. Mm -hmm. And it was just interesting to see how the government was so adamant about trying to get him to not do that. I mean, they had police come in at a point. They had a lawsuit. Um, he went through a lot of things with his church, but again, um, that's yeah, I not... think he, I think he and his church just won one of their Supreme yes. court cases and got yes, at least $250,000 of fines or something to, for them not have to be paid. And then yes. I think he has another um, separate legal battle going on, going back to all of the COVID shutdowns and stuff like that in California. And it's too bad. I I think it's just so such a such a sign of the times. I like to say that um, mm-hmm. is that it's such a sign of the times that God is still evident. And I even saw a sign on the way home today that said, "Fight evil with good." And I think everyone around them, no matter what they're going through, they can attest to the truth that. We are in spiritual warfare, no matter what we're doing. It could be the simplest task that the devil is evident. If we are believers, we know this, Mm -hmm. um, that the devil is here and God is present as well because he's omnipresent. And so I think that that's kind of going back to that question you asked. That's where we kind of stumbled. The church became quiet because they didn't put their trust in God. They put their trust in the world and what the world had to offer. And now we're seeing the implements of that, that we are kind of going down the drain a little bit. We don't know what morality is. We don't know how to have a conversation with people who talk about gender affirming surgeries because we don't know the truth of the Bible that God made man and woman. Um, and I think I, I, it's as simple as that. Don't have to overcomplicate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a part of, so when it comes to like, fighting these cultural battles, in my mind, I think about it, I guess, in a couple of ways. I think, okay, well, there's one way to go about it, and that would be to you know, call out explicitly the, the battle that you are trying, that you're waging war against, you know, like mm-hmm. transgenderism or something like that, or um, gender-affirming care, if we're going to use the, the, the terminology that we use today, and like go directly at it and I guess, be, be aggressive. And then there's the approach of, I guess, being more what would be perceived as, as loving and kind and trying to, you know, extend the hand out to those individuals. I think it was uh, in your third episode. I think I took good notes here. Episode three is said in, in um, get people help and help people out or help people put their identity in Jesus Christ. And then it was referenced in Isaiah 65 verse two, Mm -hmm. I spread out my hands to rebellious people who walk 
in a way that is not good. So like there, then there's that approach, being more kind, more receptive, more open, more caring, more loving. And then once you, I guess, extend your hands out, it may seem maybe a little bit slower of an approach, you know, a little bit mm-hmm. slower of an action than just calling something out and, you know, like Bible thumping, so to speak. But I think that is a way, those are two different ways to to reach and make inroads into the culture wars that that are going on because I feel like that the way the way like the 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 pro- progressives or you know non-christians mm-hmm. those who are fine and don't see any issues with what is going on in the in these battles I feel like the way they try to get Christians and get the Christian faith is oh well if you you know call out these people you're not being loving but isn't God love mm-hmm. Right, that's like one of the yeah. one of the little got you questions that they have. Be like, oh well, how can how can you talk about how God is love, but then, you know, it doesn't seem like you're very being being very loving of those people. So I think about okay, well now how do we do we need to thread the needle as the Christian church, or do we not need to worry about it at all? So how do we? What are some of the ways I guess in which individuals like you and I myself, and not just focusing on like the leadership of a church, but what are ways in which you and I as Christians can um, try to, I guess, fight these battles and turn the tide, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. and make inroads into the culture war that is happening and try to win people back over to Jesus? Because I think for a lot of the issues in our country and more so the world, that is the root of the problem, that there is... Mm-hmm the relationship with Jesus Christ is becoming less and less pervasive throughout our culture and also um, less and less strong as well. Yeah, I, I want to point out when you said that progressives and I want to point out even Christians in the church, you will hear mm-hmm. this, that um, when you argue against another Christian, which sadly happens way too often, but a thing you will hear, and it comes from even a Toby Mac and Mandisa song, which are huge, like Christian artists. They say in their um, music, they said, well, what would Christ do? He would love first. And then they use that, that one little particular verse without using the context of the verse. And they grab that and they use that for their agenda. And so that's something that you will hear not only from progressives online, because usually they don't even come out to talk to you in person, but um, in the church, you might hear a fellow Christian tell you, well, that's not loving. And there, there is a point to that where I do agree with John three sixteen. It's the simplest verse that a lot of Christians memorize where it's, um, for God so loved the world. And so it starts that way that God did love the world and he still does. And mm-hmm. he always will until the end of time. But he, and, and we, we go after that example as well, where we are to love. And like I said earlier, when you talk to your pastor or when you talk to the elders of your church, do it in a loving way, doing, do it in a way where you are humbling yourself um, before that person of authority, because that that's how Christians show themselves. That's how we are lights in the darkness, right? We aren't going to go up and start an argument as true believers. 
we are going to reflect Christ and we are going to be people who are going to have civilized conversations instead of throwing insults and um, trying to not have a logical conversation where we don't get to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's just one thing, but a lot of things popped up in my brain when you were asking this question. And one of them was that the Bible so, like explicitly tells us that the way to heaven is very narrow. And right. I know that if you hear that from a pastor or from a sermon, a lot of people like shrink into their shells and they're like, oh, I don't want to listen to God anymore. I don't want to listen to the sermon. We're going to exit out. Please don't exit out of this episode because I said that. But um, yes, please don't. <laughs> the, way, the way to heaven is narrow. And we know that as believers, that's something we can't, um, we can't just get rid of. So in that, in saying that, I think that when we talk about raging and twisting the culture war to have a Bible believing culture, I think we have to have our facts aligned. And what I mean by that is I went to a revival. It was like the 50th anniversary of Billy Graham's revival in Dallas, Texas. And I went with my cousin and Mm -hmm. we stayed, it was really great, really great night of worship. But then what triggered something in my mind was when speakers started talking, they only had stuff to say about, well, they had stuff to say about diversity and not just biblical diversity, because God does talk about his people. We have Gentiles, we have Jews, we have um, the Semitic people. Like we have different people and God totally like includes everyone in his covenants and his promises, but that's not the way they put it, right? They put a modern spin on it where they Mm -hmm. are talking about the color of their skin. Well, God knew this was going to happen. He knew that people were going to try to get people to fight against each other. I mean, there's many verses in the Bible that talk about people who, um, wage war against each other because of what they look like. And so God, that wasn't something that was unknown to God. Um, And so I think it's interesting to talk about that we are having to solve these problems of racial tension or um, racial diversity in the church, things like this. That's not something we have to solve. We're beautiful how we are, no matter what color we are or how we represent ourselves. It's something that we're born with. Like I was born white. I can't change that about myself. My friend was born black. She can't change that about herself. I think it's so silly that we have these conferences and we hold these conferences within the church about diversity when it's something that we have lived with for hundreds of years. It's in since creation, basically. We've lived with people looking different from ourselves. And that's just something that we have to get over ego-wise, where we're going to be like, oh, we're better than someone. It's not about necessarily the color of skin. It's the difference between how we're going to view people, either through a lens of the world or the lens of God, of how he sees other people. So I just wanted to make that um, that difference between what it's going to look like if you try to change the culture war from a world perspective and a biblical perspective. Yeah. So should, 
So I also in another episode of yours, like, you know, I did my research here. <laughs> I have Anna from the wake up conservative. Um, in episode 10, it was, you talked about you, I think it was just you by yourself or you may have had a guest. I don't remember, but <clears throat> it was living by biblical truth, not by society. And in that episode, it was quote, you know, from Romans 12, basically do not conform to this world. And then also in that episode, a little bit later on, you talked about first John two, 15 through 17 paraphrasing, but do not love the things in this world. If you love yes. the world, then the love of the father is not in you. Mm -hmm. The world is passing away along with its desires, which I mentioned passing away before I brought you into the episode, but okay. stole that from you. So thank you. And then whoever does the will of God will abide forever. Can you talk about those, <clears throat> those two verses? And I guess just that I took from your 10th episode and just how we can be applying that today as, as Christians, as we are again, trying to bring Christ back into our larger collective American society? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that was an episode by myself, episode 10 um, for Theological Thursdays. But I, with the second half of Romans 12, I love that verse because it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I think that's something that we even talked about this this past Sunday in Jude that he talks about how did the world infiltrate the church? Well, the world infiltrated the church by the church allowing their minds to be open to something else than the word of God. And so I think this is so easy. Like we said, or what you said at the beginning of this episode, some people decide to watch a TV show and it might have like sexual immorality in it right mm -hmm. um or in its small little pieces right it's small little scenes and they'll say oh it's not that bad and i'm i'm even guilty of that like i'm guilty of watching different rated movies that don't necessarily portray the image of god and it's something that like he says like watch what you're ears are listening to watch what your eyes are seeing right and we see this again um and so being transformed by the renewal of your mind that's something so hard but yet so rewarding when we decide to do that right as christians um and it, it's freeing i know a lot of people struggle with porn addiction right we live in the biggest porn epidemic in um, our nation's history and that's something that ties into human trafficking, sex trafficking, right? If we're going to get really deep and um, really into the problems of this world. But again, some of those things could have been prevented if we listened to what the word, word of God said from the beginning, where our founding fathers, again, bringing up history, what they talked about was that we came over from England just so we could have religious freedom solely based on that not because the crops over here were good and maybe even some people thought that like in those business owners right um mm -hmm. bus business oriented minds but um a lot of people came over for religious freedom they took that trek across the ocean to come over here just to believe in god and so i think just going back to our roots i'm such a huge go back to your roots generational um, breaking generational curses again, and then also 
leaving a lineage for your generations that come behind you to implement those small things into your house. Say, we're not going to watch this because it's not renewing our mind of what is good and what is um, the will of God, right? So it's just small transformations. I know that a lot of people who are listening might be like families or parents, right? So things that I've talked about on my podcast, and I know Brian talks about it as well, is that something that is getting at our culture is media and then also the TV shows and movies that are being produced. Like we saw this demon movie being produced by um, Cinemark and it Cinemark and Disney together, but it just shocks me how demonic things can get and it shows the darkness of this world but parents are still oblivious to what is being available to their kids on their tv right so i think that's a good switch that's really easy um you -hmm. can decide and it doesn't have to be pure flicks there's a lot of really good um clean networks that you can download that are really good for your kids and can be a light to them. And then also they're not the repetitive things like you see on YouTube where China is producing these videos that are like one, two, three, A, B, C. And it's just things that sometimes they're educational, but for the most time, it, it's just stuff that it's a filler again. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm a big talker about that where you don't want your kids to be in front of a screen and have that fill time where you could be there and be present in their lives, talk about their days, um, talk about things that they're interested in. I know that it's a big deal for kids when their parents acknowledge and like have those conversations with them about their future. That could be lifelong impacting conversations. So I think um, just making those small changes within the house can be a big impact. So in a final question, and it's piggybacking right off what we were just talking about, and also tying into the first question of, of the episode, do you think that we as Christians in the larger Christian church, do you think that enough is being done? Do If we're not doing enough, do we need to have different tactics? Is there like a perfect, is there a perfect recipe, a mixture of, you know, like, hey, there needs to be like, Bible thumping when it comes to this and there needs to be the extension of love simultaneously. So I guess, is there, is enough being done? Yes or no. Mm -hmm. And if yes, what should we continue to do? And if no, what do we need to start doing? That's a really hard question because I think (laughs) that America, if we're solely talking about America, America is all 50 states, right? And even Hawaii is in the middle of the ocean. So um, <laughs> I don't even know how to uh, tie them in now. I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, but, so um, I'm thinking about it like as a tug of war, you know, and I mean, yes. God, God will always win. But, you know, if you're thinking about just the people, us in the flesh, like a tug of war, we have a group over here, we got a group over here, you know, we're tugging, mm-hmm. you know, back and forth. Right. How do we, we as Christians, right, in the Christian church, how do we, how do we win that tug of war. Yeah. So it's something that is a constant daily struggle, right? And it has since Genesis 1-1, right? When God began creation, I know that we had conflict even with 
Adam and Eve. So I think that conflict is always going to be there. That's number Mm -hmm. one. You have to accept that. Number two is try to analyze people in a nice way, saying this nicely, um, especially if you're a believer in the church, try to analyze what someone's going through. Um, Maybe start by asking them like how their week was. That's really simple and really easy, but just getting on that level with them and trying to get there personally, right? Because God is a personal God, um, trying to figure out how to get to their heart, you know, because the gospel is something that transforms lives, but it starts with our hearts. Right. And I think that I I know you were going to talk about the gospel a little bit, but that's such a big thing that some churches have neglected is the mission statement that God said um, in first Corinthians. But with that great commission comes great responsibility. And there's so many aspects that go to it. Like some people are unable to go across seas. I know with um, vaccine mandates, a lot of missionaries are um, trying to weigh their options of, is this God's plan for me or not? You know, And so mm-hmm. um, there's that discrepancy where we thought that missionaries only go across the seas. No, missionaries can happen in our backyards and mission work can happen in our backyards. Right. So I think that just being where you are a lot of people aren't really active on social media. A lot of people try to focus in on the lives that God has given them, which I'm so grateful for, like take value in your life. And if you have a family, like pour into your kids, that is who God gave you to pour into. Um, It's the beauty of the family. I think that's something that we have lost is that when the progressives are trying to attack the nuclear family, the nuclear family, um, he, the, the devil just really attacked what God's beauty of the family um, relationship really can be. So I see a lot of people who have thriving families and I'm so grateful for them and what they have given their kids. And then also, I think it's just a matter of being in the word daily. I know that's such a Bible answer and such a Christian answer, but being in the word, the whole conversation today was talking about, do you or do you not know what God is saying to you? Mm-hmm. Not just going to church and listening to what your pastor says in a sermon, because sometimes that can just be a lot of commentary. And so do you know, and do you, can you make the difference in your mind of, is this truth or is this not truth? And that really just pours into morality. It pours into how you make decisions. Um, And again, going to the small things like choosing a TV show, it can help you navigate that. It's your navigator. The word is, and that essentially those, those few things, like knowing you're going to have conflict, knowing how to address that conflict and being a loving believer to that person, either if they are a believer or not. And then also making those subtle changes within your family or home that can have a lasting impact. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, what we're seeing in in, in American society and American culture, we're seeing that on that's an external thing, right? That's something we can visually see, we can you know hear and everything else, but ultimately, what we see and what we hear is a battle for the heart, mm-hmm. right? Like we need to focus on changing hearts and let the heart change the mind and let the the heart change the culture of this country. So. 
Anna, I am very appreciative and thankful for you to not only join me on this episode of the podcast, but also for what you are doing with your podcast, which again is the Wake Up Conservative. Everyone, please go listen to her. Um, you are doing fantastic work, and I just continue to be impressed by Generation Z and those of you I have interacted with in this podcast community and what you are doing to not only fight for our country and preserve our country, but also in, in your special case, tying everything back into the Bible and God's word. So, and if you could just go ahead and remind everyone one more time where they can find you. And once again, thank you for being a guest on my podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. I really, I think this conversation is one of the most vital and most brought up conversations in our society right now. So I thank you for bringing that topic up and then also allowing us both to have a voice in what we need to do as Christians. So I think that's very vital. And you can listen to my podcast, The Wake Up Conservative. It's kind of long, but um, if you type into Google, you can find it there. I'm on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. As Brian said, I'm on Spotify. I know some people don't necessarily like using Spotify, but I'm on there. And um, pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts. I know there's so many different apps nowadays, but um, thank you for taking a chance on Gen Z. Um, and thank you for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. I really enjoyed my discussion with Anna. And again, please check out her podcast, The Wake Up Conservative. Leading up to my discussion with her, I mentioned, you know, like the top four things off the top of my mind when I think of the culture wars that are going on in our society, in American society, you know, transgenderism, transgender affirming care, abortion, and the destruction of the nuclear family. I want to add a fifth one to that. The fifth one I'm going to add is the level of hate in the hearts of the people who are murdering other individuals, whether it's gang-related violence or mass shootings. The heart issue, as Anna and I discussed towards the end of that interview, it might be a, in my opinion, it might be a slow or a slower approach in the battle of this, this culture war, this for the society, American society. But I think it is the best way to attack the war that is going on. We need to get to the heart, the root of the problem, which is the heart of an individual. So as Christians individually, and as the collective Christian church, the Christian faith in America, we need to be going after the hearts of our fellow Americans and being the hands and feet of Jesus to change these hearts, to put love into their life, to fill their heart with love so that these individuals will put their identity in Christ Jesus. And I mean, can't eliminate all, right? Because sin will continue. But to win this cultural battle, to win the hearts of individuals who are on the wrong side of these issues, who are you know, apart from God, who, don't, who do not know God, for that they will come to know God and then in turn fulfill the Great Commission, which is to go out and make disciples. Again, that might be a slower approach to, to attacking and fighting this war, but I believe that is the, the best approach. I do believe that there are instances and cases where Bible thumping is necessary, but I also believe that the kinder-heartedness is also just as important, if not more important. 
And the larger church, you know, the leaders of the church, the different pastors and the and the elders for different churches, please do not shy away from these cultural, these societal issues. You have the literal pulpit on Sunday, if your services are recorded, you know, and available online, whether in audio or audio and video formats, they can be shared. We as members of the church need to be sharing those clips, those, those sermons, but we need to be talking about these issues. It doesn't necessarily have to be explicit every Sunday, you know, but I feel like there always needs to be the tie-in somehow or a tie-in in some way with the sermon topic and applying it to today. I think that is one of the best ways to also connect with your congregation and your fellow Christians is to connect what is in the Bible from years ago to present day. And our American society, it is, it is passing away and it seems like it is slipping farther and farther away faster at a faster and faster rate. So again, we as the we Christian people, we as individuals, and then collectively as the Christian church need to be engaging every single day, not just on Sundays, not just on Sunday mornings, not just on Sunday nights, not just on Wednesday at youth group. We need to be engaged daily in fighting this cultural battle to save our country. Not only that, but to also to fulfill our duty, our responsibility as Christians to go out and make more disciples and bring more people to Jesus. So please, speak up, and if you are afraid to speak up, seek God for the, the strength to do so. And in the meantime, if you are not there yet, reach out to other individuals, share the content that you agree with, that is, you know, sharing Christianity with other individuals, bringing this to the forefront of someone's mind who may not even consider these topics that may not even consider God as part of their life and go out and fulfill that great commission. We are fighting as we have since the dawn of time, since God created Adam and Eve, we are continuing to fight evil to this day, just as they did back then. We cannot shy away from this and we need to do this not only for, in my opinion, our country, but most importantly, for the hearts and the minds of our fellow Americans. Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube and engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought at counterthought CEO or on Facebook at counterthought podcast.